It's like I'm having the most beautiful dream and the most terrible nightmare all at once. Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Are we up and running? I'm assuming that's a yes, because <laughs> the way I have the windows arranged, I cannot see what you did. Onto YouTube, the, smooth, the smoothest entrance onto YouTube streaming ever. Yeah. Uh, let's make it even smoother, and let me just say, we're going to hit our theme music now. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and enemies, to Watery Desho's Stream of Thought, Banana Fish, Episode 3. We're doing this one a little bit off schedule. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, last Friday, I was not available. I was at The Wrestling, and so I was <laughs> unable to uh, do our show. Um, so we're doing the makeup stream uh, Monday, today. Um, July the 23rd, and our usual time and place and what have you for the episode 4 stream remains intact, so if we're used to the Friday schedule, worry not. We'll be back for episode 4 on Friday. I am the subtle doctor with me, a man who uh, presses buttons as good as he smells. (laughs) That could be an insult or a compliment, depending on what way you take it and what time of the day you might catch me. I mean, I try my hardest, but I'm not flawless. Um, Shadon, yeah, I'm here. King of Manchester. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be so. I wouldn't put it out like that. Uh, 
by the way, folks, because no doubt people are going to notice it. Technically, this is a three-person show, say, because why, oh, yes, the come is on. the system in my head. Come on. Look at it. It's really, it's really noticeable. Hey, I thought, you know what, right? I thought I'd just at least point out before someone goes, wait a minute, what happened? Was he attacked by, like, a giant horsefly or something? And maybe that happened while I was asleep, I can't say. But, hey, there you go, it's here. So, yeah. Boo your terrible self-deprecation. Ah, it's fine. It's exactly, fine. it I, is fine. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, but what I will say, I need to just actually do some quick housekeeping here. Some serious and some less so serious. So we'll start with the serious first, which is just to address uh, very briefly something happened in the Frank Street report recently. It's been pointed out to me today, which was that um, terminology. So I use the term, which is no longer how should we say, kosher, um, to describe the nine specifically of the fact they were intersects. I didn't use the word intersect. Um, all I can say is that now I know. I was not aware. Should have been. It's not an excuse. You know, take away from me saying that. doesn't, you know, make it better. But I apologize. I'm sorry that happened. And going forward, now I know. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. But... This is the thing, like, I'm glad at least people are reaching out to us and telling us when we're doing wrong here. Like, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. one of those people who's like, you know, well, sod you for not liking what I had to say just because I said it the moment. Like, no, I'd rather you actually, you know, people tell me and educate me on this kind of stuff. So You're um, not going to you. get mad and be reactionary about it? No, I'm not, actually. I'm surprised. I know. I- I'm as surprised as you are. I honestly. thought I knew you. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's alternate, you know, timeline version of me where I did become a YouTube reactionary. Um, maybe the maybe the zits my car for that. I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of <laughs> coincidental. Um, but yeah, um, shout out to John for contacting us and telling us about that. I appreciate you know people taking the time to inform us about it. Uh, so yeah, um, I am sorry about that. I, I will not do that again. Simple as that. So that's thank the first you, thing John. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank, thank you. The second bit of housekeeping I do is just something that I find very funny actually, and this is just a quick shout out to Amazon of all people. So, Banana Fish is, of course, streaming on Amazon at the moment in the No Examiner blog. And if there's one thing I've said before about uh, Amazon, is that Amazon's UI and user experience for looking at streaming video of any sort, be it anime or be it, you know, regular television, is... How do I put this mildly? It's catastrophically shit. It's pretty bad. And I'll tell you this, right? I don't know if this particular show is available on US Amazon Prime. But there is a kids' TV show here that's quite well known in the United Kingdom called Bananas in Pajamas. So imagine this scenario, if you will, right? Run, the, run this by me. Let's say you're a parent and you've got Amazon Prime and you let your kids have an oh, Amazon no. Prime access, you know, so they can watch kids' TV because there is kids' selection on there. And, you know, they look up bananas in pajamas and they get that and then they start going for the related content. <sighs> And they end up on Banana Fish. Because this is the thing, right? When I type in um, Bananas in Pajamas... No, no, I didn't type that in. I'm not watching that. <laughs> that was a time. <laughs> Mom, what happened to Skip? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? This is the thing. Like, I typed in Banana Fish, and that came up, like, as a suggestion. So, nice for Amazon. You could very well end up having some poor five-year-old... You know, thinking he's going to watch Bananas in Pajamas doing goofy shit, you know, like kids-related stuff. And instead, they're going to end up, you know, with 
well, the prison episode of, of Banana Fish, or any episode of Banana Fish for that matter. And which, according the, to well, according to certain YouTube luminaries, will turn them gay. Just so you know. <sighs> yep, that's that's what'll happen. That's how it happens. Man, YouTube luminaries. Like I remember, just to the side. Like I remember seeing once because algorithms and all like had Frank's related stuff coming up on my YouTube suggestions all the time. And I had one around episode fourteen of Frank's. I never brought this up in the actual studio thought, but I just need to mention that it said Ichigo is the worst character in the show, something side effects as far as the actual title of the episode, and the thumbnail was Fought or Not. Oh, which... I watched that nonsense, yes. Why? It wasn't even, like, a, just clickbait, man. That, I mean, the thumbnail alone just to me said, right, ain't touching that of a 10-foot barge pole. This is, a, you know, 15 minutes of my time I could spend <laughs> doing literally anything else. <laughs> yeah. I could have spent it I could have spent it sniffing glue and it would have been less damaging for me. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Amazon for, you know, continues to have a user experience on the level of, you know, what was it? Teletext. They need United to, Kingdom. like, I don't know how it is uh, in other countries, but like, they don't have, um, like, a, I, I don't want to start a giant debate with this because I don't think anime is a genre, but like, they don't have an anime genre tag like Netflix does, which makes it super easy to, you know, click a button, and then you mm. just are looking at all the anime. And you, yeah. you're not getting... I, occasionally, like, they'll categorize stuff wrong, but, like, that's a different thing. Like, with Amazon, it is... You just ha- you have to know what you're looking for. There's no way to yeah. be like, what... At least, you know, now that Anime Strike is no more, I can't really find a good <laughs> way to... <laughs> you know, celebration. <laughs> Uh, I can't really find a good way to like, um, to do that to like click a button or or go funnel down with facets into some category to just yeah. see anime. I mean, you can do animation, but like, there's just so much shit that yeah. I mean, you know, maybe I am oversimplifying the example I gave before, but I just found it amusing because I thought, well, some poor kids getting scarred for life. It could happen. I just found I just found the concept funny as well. Stuff happens in in Banana Fish, particularly in this episode. That uh, is definitely not for you know people who are not legally able to buy cigarettes or alcohol for that matter. It's definitely uh, one on the it's definitely on the mature side of the content. So yeah, all right. So let's actually start summarizing Banana yeah. Fish episode three. Let's uh, launch into concept. let's launch into Banana Fish. But well, before yeah. we before we get to episode three, just to tie up the loose ends on episode two. Um, can you address the Twitter poll. the Twitter poll from last week and ah, give us the results? Yes I, can. yes, I can. Right, where is it? We'll have a I new we'll have a new poll up at some point during the episode this week. Um, yep. I you'll... apologize, folks. I had this up, but it seems to disappear from my Twitter, which is really irritating. No worries, and you'll have like a week oh. to respond, and I'm sure it'll be some inane poll like you know should Eiji stick to wearing his jacket one shoulder down because yep. I think he should <laughs> totally I do should. have things to say about that jacket <laughs> actually totally enough okay so uh, we had two polls last week okay. uh, which was that um, were you surprised they died in episode 2 can we take the spoiler tag off that and, co- and say who it actually is we can yes yes. Uh, that would be skip well I mean we mentioned it before actually but yes yeah, skip unfortunately bit the bullet uh, were you surprised? 69%, nice. 
said nice. yes. Thirty-one uh, percent said no, uh, and then we asked later who has the better jacket. Uh, that'd be Kaiji from Kaiji or AG from Banana Fish. I nearly said AG then, but I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, and in the end, fifty-nine percent said that AG had the better jacket, at least in the OP. Uh, the one he's got in this recency bias, possibly. Maybe? But the one in this episode, like, um, it's a all right jacket, but well. Conspicuous is not even half the word I would use to you know, <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> and those pants. Those are some like, yeah. kick-ass pants he's wearing. Do you, do you reckon do you reckon AG was like doing one of those things where he wanted to make himself so yes. conspicuous? He yes. Circle back round. <laughs> no. <just> like, <laughs> or no, so I think he was trying like I think he was trying to be inconspicuous. I think he was like, I'm gonna go I have to go to Chinatown, so I need to dress like I'm from the streets. And so <laughs> he went to like some kind of Something on the I corner mean, and and picked up some some cool kid clothes. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with the outfit he's wearing, of course. But no. I'm just saying, like, I have to say, like, you know, if you want, like, he's just literally had a message for saying, like, tell no one of this. Go and speak to. It's uh, like, okay, should I, you know, dress conservatively, you know, try and blend in, you know, not stick out, or should I, you know, go full Joseph in his technical dream coat? So this is time and a place for it. This was probably not it, as we will later learn when we get to the uh, ending of the episode. But the beginning is probably a very good place for us to start. So let's start there. By the way, before so, we, I'm gonna the the next the next um the next poll will be was Ag trying to be inconspicuous in episode three? <laughs> yes or no? Oh. It- <laughs> maybe maybe he's trying to do both. Maybe he's thinking to himself, you know what? Okay, I'm going to try and be inspicuous, but I want a great outfit for after this all over with. Like you know, <laughs> don't want to just have to throw it away. No, why should you? Oh okay, my god! So... All right, yeah. Let's 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 start the summary of and run down episode three. Okay, so uh, this is episode three. Um, what was the title again? I believe it was Across the River and Amazon cuts off an ellipse. That's <laughs> Across the River into the Trees. Into the Trees, there we go. Um, was that a line from Salinger's novel? I'm going to look because it up right now. Because I get right the now. feeling these are all like excerpts from the novel itself. I mean, Perfect Day from Banana Fish was episode one, of course, and that was an excerpt. Uh, this one... It is, a, it is an Ernest Hemingway book. I don't know if like... Oh. If there's sort Ooh. of a like... 20th century American writer or 19th, you know, type <laughs> type the well, is 20th century. That book was published in 1950. Um, I like <laughs> to use the internet wrong sometimes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is intentional or, or like you said, if this was some sort of line or chapter from the Salinger book. Um, perhaps listeners can do our work for us and tell us. Well, the are, we, are we are we crowdsourcing now? Always. We are always fair enough. This is a live show. There's no time for research uh, <laughs> while recording to be edited out later. So we're going this route. We're just, you know, making up as we go along. So, okay, prison. Of course, like end of episode, end of previous episode, Ash yeah. ended up in prison, and you know, Charlie and the others, like they all had a plan to basically make sure he was looked after while he was in there, while they tried to figure some way of getting him out. And this involves. Uh, one of the best named characters in fiction ever, Max Lobo. Fantastic. Still, I, I still love that name. Now, I'll spoil this ahead of time. If you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, 
Where have I seen Max before? He was in the uh, opening uh, prologue of the show mm-hmm. uh, in Iraq. And I had completely, utterly forgotten this. And maybe that's just because of my incredibly poor attention span possible. But, like, he was, of course, there when Ash's brother, Griffin, you know, uh, got high. Not Probably not for his own fault. Um, and then, you know, end up killing all the other soldiers there. So bear that in mind for later. Because that's going to become important in a, a quite pivotal scene. But yes, uh, Charlie um, and AG meet uh, with uh, Max in prison because he's there himself for apparently punching a cop, I believe. That is and correct. They, and they say to him, right, you need to, like, we want you to look after him, keep an eye on him, make sure he doesn't get into trouble because, you know, everyone will be, like, out for him because, well, he's Ash Links, like, people know who he is. And, you know, he looks appealing to that kind of people. So, you know, that's the thing. So we have the OP. Then we click back. And they end up actually meeting Ash and um, Max. And Mac, like Ash is asking, like, like asking a lot of questions, are you? Like, immediately suspicious of him. Um, but Max is, of course, very friendly. And... They actually mentioned as well, like, about the fact that he was a journalist, and they, they did, um, sorry, Max did a number of columns. Um, which as well, as, well like, as, like, reporting on the war. Um, mm-hmm. My question is, uh, and maybe, maybe they address this in the comics, but um, pretty lucky they ended up in the same cell, right? I mean, was that the cops calling in a favor? I would imagine possibly. so. But I just, it was very fortunate that, like, the guy that they wanted to watch out for, uh, Ash, you know, oh, we're cellmates, you know, it's like, that's, <laughs> but but it's very believable to me that, yeah, they just called in a favor. We're prison buddies, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's one impression I got of Max in this particular early part of the episode is that he did not strike me as being, like, he's a big bloke, obviously. Right. But his mannerisms were very soft, and I thought mm-hmm. to myself, I don't think people are going to be that dissuaded, you know, like, by Max looking after him. Like, if they wanted to go for Ash, and yes, they do, um, then, well, I don't think he's going to stop them, or at least, you know, sh- shake them off or scare them off by doing so. They just throw um, shit at, at Max on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, hell, he gets he gets verbally demolished by Ash inside the cell when he, you know, insults his writing. And, well, that's the end of uh, Max's psyche at that point. It's been, you know, taken apart. Uh, but Max is kind of taken aback himself by Ash in that he had him down as a street hoodlum, you know, a random, you know, no-lifer. But he's very obviously very well-educated and very well-read. Yeah. So... Um, Max, at later point, warns Ash, like, you know, that young guys like him are seen as dolls. They're playthings, essentially. Which, well, I've seen American History X. It's not implausible that there could be that kind of culture in certain prisons. I mean, this was the 80s as well in America. I admittedly am um, speaking out of yes. ignorance here, so I won't pretend like that that's universal or that that's always been the case. I've been swayed here. But, well, Ash was playing here for a reason, and people were contacted to, you know, work him over while he was in here by Dino. Yes. So it's not a warning without, you know, merit. And then there's lunch. Um, and Ash is just, of course, you know, looking at things. Oh, I want to feed my dog this. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is prison. I'm not expecting, you know, the food to be, you know, superb and right. all that. 
But while, you know, Max and Ash are talking at the lunch table, we, of course, meet the snake that we saw in the previous episode. Uh, his name was Ga- Garvin? Garvey. Garvey. Yeah, Garvey. I almost misheard that as Garzy then, and I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> nope, let's not talk about that. Let's Garvey's about wing. <laughs> Garvey, Garvey's, Garvey's prison wing. So we got, as far we got our, in our uh, rogues gallery of shitheads, Marvy and, no, Marvin and Garvey. <laughs> See, even I fucked it up. It, like, is just it, the... This is like, is this turning into the Three Stooges? Just like, <laughs> you have to take them dead seriously and they're all horrible people. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know, like, they are, either that or they sound like, you know, musicians from a barbershop quartet. I, that's the kind of name I'd expect them to have. <laughs> I don't Prison. know. Indeed. So, um, Garvey sits down and he starts talking to us, saying, hey there, good looking, why don't you come by my cell? And then he reaches over and touches Ash's hand, which, well, I'd have rather, you know, put my hand in the bear trap than do that in his shoes, but first place, but it's not exactly a smart move. So, um, Ash, having seen, you know, or read Watchmen, uh, remembers, you know, what happened with uh, Rorschach in uh, the prison and figures himself, no, you know what, you are locked up in here with me, not vice versa, dickhead, and then kicks him in the face. So a fight breaks out, uh, as you'd expect. Uh, Max calls on a guard to intervene before things get out of hand, which is not what I expect. I mean, like in prison, usually telling on the guards, like, is a, you know, <laughs> bit of a thing. Yeah. But what I thought to myself, I was watching this because I was like, oh, now he's been isolated. There's not a thing he can really do here to resist that won't get him into trouble either now or down the line. I'm not mm-hmm. throwing just to the guards, because obviously you know some of the guards are on take, or, I mean, turn a blind eye. So it's it's a really, like, there's no win scenario here. There's nothing he can do. Like, he, I, I certainly don't blame him for fighting back at that point. I wouldn't have had, you know, Garvey laying a fucking finger on me in any day of the week, no matter what I follow next. But hey, so while that's all happening, and, you know, Ash is in the, um, in the hot box, you know, humming, do 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 and just throwing a baseball at the wall. Um, Did you ever see the I, movie, um, uh, it was sort of a B movie, uh, Undisputed, with Wesley Snipes? Uh, no, and I, I feel like I think, should, though. I think maybe, um, Oh gosh, why am I forgetting it? Ving Rames was in it as well, I believe. Uh, and ah, it was good old Ving Rames. <laughs> good old Ving Rames. It was about um, uh, underground, illegal, like prison bare knuckle boxing. Hmm. And Wesley Snipes was like the undisputed, hence the title champ. Oh, of course. And uh, they were trying to like throw him off mentally before a match, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And they put him in solitary, but he managed to smuggle toothpicks in. And when they came to get him uh, and opened the door, the solitary confinement chamber door, he had built, like, this massive city of toothpicks that was just had all this intricate detail. <laughs> it was like, he's like, I'm chill, dude. I'm cool. Let's go. <laughs> oh, well, um, okay. I mean, what is the youngest? I mean, is the undisputed boxer or is the undisputed, yes. like, you know, toothpick city builder here? <laughs> it's not quite clear to me from the snob stuff to check on IMDb later. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so while that's all happening, you know, Ash is just scratching, like, you know, right, the 10th time I've been in here on the wall, uh, we cut, of course, back to the doctor that he met previously, who's been doing more analysis of the banana fish drug. Um, the things that he's noted here is that apparently it's a, basically LSD, but it's not because it exhibits a lot of 
particularly aggressive behaviors in the people who take it, right. psychopathic violent tendencies, which are not associated with LSD. I, I, full disclosure, I have never taken it, so I can't comment. Um, Same. Nor am I judging do so i'll leave that there but the immediate thing that i thought of on this stuff is like wait a minute testing military environment psychopathic aggressive tendencies hmm. Hmm. i'm like wasn't this a plot point in max Payne? i wonder hmm. <laughs> i mean this is new york after all yes it is um so ashwell is in the, the hot box of course takes five to you know consider his options and decide what he's going to do and naturally of course caged animal he wants to get out but he doesn't just want to get out of prison he wants to escape from dino permanently indeed we get a little flashback very yep. briefly of when um dino first took him in and ash looks well i mean apart from the fact obviously he was 10 and he's now you know old, yeah. enough, old enough to ride the roller coasters at you know disneyland and um, he looks like a completely innocent like untouched person like he's never mm-hmm. when i say that i mean like he's never you know known violence or known criminal life Mm-hmm. But untarnished is the word I would use. Very different person from who we have today. So I think that seems very important, and I'll touch on that yeah. later. Hmm. Indeed. So everyone's clean. Ash is eventually let back out, and then he's in the exercise yard. I love oh. his line, by the way, when they're um, mm-hmm. when he gets let out, and you know, he goes to paint with uh, with Max, and. Uh, he says something like uh, Max, is like, "Oh, you you look uh, you look fine for a kid who is thrown in solitary to repent for a whole night." And he says, "I never repent." <laughs> <laughs> that made hey, me happy. There's, there's more meaning that I say as well, actually. In the mm. well, we'll say later, but yeah. I think that you know, at least Ash is you know for all the stuff that he's been through that we know of and can extrapolate from and imagine that he at least recognizes it's not his fault. Because it isn't. None of it. None of it is. It's just the unfortunate hand he's been dealt with and he's trying to work his way, you know, to the top of the table to deal himself out. But it's not happening yet. So back in the exercise yard, uh, you know, King Bastard and his two cronies, Garvey, um, turn up and take him to the library. And no, they're not, you know, going to be study partners, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll save my thoughts on this scene later, but again, if this show is doing something really well, it's leaving things up to the viewers' imagination so they can extrapolate yeah. the awful, you know, things that happen to Ash, rather than making it definitive. Things that you know are real defined sometimes can be the most terrifying because you'll immediately cut to the worst possible side, and it'll be tailored to you personally. So, yeah, I, when I saw Ash after the fact, you know. Nate, like mostly naked, tied up, beaten half to death. I, well, my mind started going into places, and I was like, "No, no, thanks. That's that's fucking grim. That shit." And then you know, Garvey says, you know, chuckling, like this kid knows how to survive in this world, and yeah. he was very obedient. Like it was all, um, boy. Yeah. I mean, just just feel for the kid, even though. You know, just to be put in that position, right, where you have to feel like, or, or, or where you, parentheses, Ash, feel like, okay, in order to, like, make my way in here and not die, possibly set up connections, possibly get favors, uh, 
get messages to people outside or, or protect people that I care about, you know, I have to like, I have to do this, uh, undergo this, uh, this violent, like abuse. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it, it just gives you a real sinking feeling in your stomach. Yeah. <sighs> but he is of course, all right for what it's worth. Like, they take him to see the, you know, the prison doctor, the prison sawbones. Um, Max is uh, giving him some food. Like, by the way, uh, Ash specifically asks for a tabula, a, a capsule, or as yep. a painkiller. Mm-hmm. But, because he's already got a plan in mind, uh, harms it aside, he smuggles it away. Um, this is also where... Um, we get to see some of the show actually trying to throw some levity in, surprisingly enough, with its animation, which hmm. I'm not so sure about. I mean, I only saw this about half an hour ago, so I'm probably going to need more time to let it sell, but I remember in Ancient Mage's Bride, I was a bit iffy on, you know, the TV-related stuff that followed certain scenes in which they should be dealing with, you know, the gravity of the, of the situation that just happened. Then again, maybe this is meant to be, you know, the, a signifier that Ash, you know, just... That's just how he copes with it. I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll save I think that that's for right. later, but but I I'll save that for later. But I am a slightly iffy on its usage, especially. I mean, I imagine like it exists in some form in the manga, of course. But to see it fully animated like this, so remind me what, what you're referring to specifically. Uh, when he's eating the banana, and then you know the bananas start flying. Oh right, and he like tries to get the banana and yeah the fork. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it might even just underscore the sadness of it that I mean, this is this has been his world for 6 years like to be used mm-hmm. by people uh in this mm-hmm. way and have his his agency and his will and his humanity stripped from him, you know, for the pleasure yeah. of others, like and the fact that he's not like you know, weeping in a corner, he's not like gone stone silent from the trauma, he's just like as you say survival mechanisms kicked in like this is yeah this has been a part of his life for so long and it's that's just tremendously Mm. sad it is but i think that this early in the show maybe doing that undersells like downplays it a little for the audience as well like i I don't know i see no i see where you're coming from i know what you mean i don't know i feel slightly iffy on it but anyway we'll we'll figure this out later Mm -hmm. so back in their cell, Max and Ash are comparing notes. Almost literally, actually, because one I think uh, Ash is actually reading through uh, Max's journal, um, or his own, possibly. And they eventually, after a lot of conversation, come to a couple of realizations about each other, not least of which is that, one, Ash learns that Max was in Iraq, um, in Baghdad, when the whole thing with banana fish went down. In fact, the reason this happened is because, absentmindedly, while eating the banana... Um, in the hospital, in the, the doctor's room, uh, Ash says banana fish out loud, and Max obviously, you know, I mean, he knows he's well read, but, like, the fact that he mentioned that specific thing that he's familiar with, hmm, yeah. no, that's too much coincidence. to I mean, like, Max may come across as, like, you know, a bit, you know, a bit soft. He might come across, like, you know, a bit too pleasant for a prison environment, but he's certainly not dense. He recognized immediately that, okay, that's too much coincidence. I got to press my... So eventually they learn everything about each other that they that's relevant like 
uh, that Max knew Griffin. Max was there when he saw it go, so he saw everything go down. Um, they exchanged proper names, like uh, Ash. It turns out his first name is Aslan, which I mean, we've got already got Salinger in here, and now we've got um, C.S. Lewis. I, right, that's that interesting. That can't be a coincidence that you would go with that specific name. I'm not buying it. I'm I'm really not buying it that literally Aslan was the most random name picked out because like well let's just put it this way. If Dino ends up like, you know, starts eating Turkish delight at any point, I'm gonna pause the episode when that happens. I'm just gonna take a breather for five minutes. And his last Dude. name, you know, is another uh big cat. You know, there you not go, a yeah. lion but a lynx. Uh, it's, it's it's close enough to be related, but not on the nose. Yeah. Well, the on-the-nose allegory, I suppose, is that since Aslan was essentially, in, at least in the line of which in the Rajo, was mm-hmm. Christ allegory. Yep. So, Ash Christ allegory, suffering for the sins of man, etc., etc. There could be things to this, maybe, as the show goes along. I'm not going to cast judgment right now, because, you know, we are only three episodes in. But something spare in mind, perhaps... Now, now. I've... I have to break it, the allegory. Uh, oh, dear. Jesus did not saw off his pistol. Jesus' pistols <laughs> were fully standard, factory, like, didn't, he, didn't have to, because... he didn't have to sand the serial I... numbers off of them. He just brandished you... them off the assembly line. Are you sure, though? Because Jesus was a carpenter, so he would have the tools <laughs> and he would have to do it. He made his own bullets. He kept the gun standard. <laughs> that's, the, that's the version I know. Tweet, yeah, Judas, it, tweet us 30... at your version at <laughs> Yeah, Judas, I've got 30 pieces of silver for you right here, and they're loading this fucking AR 15. How do you like that, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> this is where Cartophilius comes in, right? Something like, is this like our own, but like, this feels like the Quentin Tarantino mm. version of The Last Supper. <laughs> Dude, what if he made uh, that? Uh, that would kind of that rule. Would be a- I would be entirely all right with that. And but like, we'll yeah, the that... apostles were—it was just organized crime, and you know, Christ is the crime boss. Oh, oh. that'd be kind of interesting. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe Quentin, just to me. Well, um, Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> if you happen to be watching this stream before, please at least give us partial credit and some cash for inspiring you to do the Last Supper in the style of Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs. Yes, I, I just just say like you know. Well, I mean, Jesus obviously would be Mr. White in that case. But anyway, let's move on. <clears throat> so, after all that, um, event Ash actually turns on Max at the point. Um, yeah. Basically, says, as soon as I'm out here, I'm going to kill you. Whew. And Cold, man. Yeah. Cold. Yeah, that's... I mean, I feel for Max in this, and I feel for Ash, like, because mm-hmm. Ash does obviously, you know... He has the perspective, but at the same time, he's lived with Griffin, you know, in his state, in his, you know, drug-induced stupor, like, where he's barely even coherent anymore, barely even awake. So having someone be reductionist about what happens to him and saying, like, he went crazy and killing all these people, it's not fair. But it is also true. And sometimes the truth can be hard to swallow. And I think taking out Max is also a bit unfair of him, but at the same time, I think Griffin doesn't actually really mean to kill him after the facts. Sorry, Griffin, Ash, I mean to say, sorry. Ash doesn't mean to kill him after the facts. Um, probably more something said out of anger, I would say, at the time. But anyway, uh, so... You mean a fact, 17-year-old doesn't... Is the word is not ironclad? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like, I mean, I, 
I get the impression that Ash is probably more polite than your average Fortnite player, especially when things are going badly. But at the right. same time, I don't think he genuinely meant it. Uh, oh, Max. hello, Luther. Build Luther the stairs. Mike. Build the stairs. <laughs> hello again, Luther. Hello, Luther. Um, so, after all that, we then go back to, you know, the communal area where the public can come in to meet people. Um, Max is now sat on an entirely different table from Ash, and he's speaking with, I can't remember the ginger guy's name, I think it is Charlie, actually. It is Charlie. Mm -hmm. Saying, uh, yeah, I can't do this anymore, it's not right, it's not good for me, it's not good for him. Uh, Meanwhile, Ash is speaking to AJ, and this leads to, well, I'm glad it, like, you know what? It was going to happen eventually. The pretext for this happening is, of course, different. Uh, But yes, they do end up kissing here. (laughs) Ash actually stands up, says, thanks, sweet, and kisses him full on. Like, we even get to see Tong, like, and everything. This is full on. Um, Which is cool and all, but it's actually got a certain purpose to it, which is to pass A.G. the capsule that he palmed before from the Doctor. Now, if you're thinking, you know, like, that he's just giving him, you know, something to relieve his headache or something, that's not the case, because AJ actually goes to the to- uh, to the bathroom, to the washroom. He knows. And he knows, yeah, he knows that that's in his mouth. So then he... Thank God he just wa- didn't swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, like, that would have been unfortunate, wouldn't it? Can I get a glass of water? And then Ash just looks back and he's just like, no, don't do it. <laughs> um, so... It turns out that Ash, because he's I, like seriously, like the guys who escaped from Alcatraz ain't got shit on him. They ain't got shit on Ash. He's actually put a little message inside the like plastic shell of the capture to scoop out all the you know the drugs and whatever inside of it, and it gives instructions for AJ to go to Chinatown and meet with a sh- shorty. Was it shorter? Shorter. Mm-hmm. Shorter. Supposed to be with shorter, um, and not to tell anyone about it. So. I have to say, by the way, Ash doing that in public spectacle where everyone can see him, that's, like, maybe there could have been other ways, possibly. I mean, I've never escaped from a prison in my life, nor tried to pass messages in it, so I can't really comment on this. But doing that when he's literally already been, you know, assaulted by, you know, Garvey and all of his cronies, it's probably a bullseye on him. So, wow. Like, again... Christ thing, you know, the guys are merely very broad things to say, but you know, like taking an injury to get the broader message across, that kind of thing. Hmm. So, are you saying we're so, going to have another stream of thought with an anime Jesus? I'm entirely okay with this anime Jesus. Yes, I like this one too. Yeah, because you know what, he's an asshole, but at least you know he's an asshole with a heart, as opposed to the cavernous, empty, you know, black hole that was inside Hero. Also, which also had an IOU spinning gear as well. <laughs> IOU, one good character arc by the writers. Ah, ah I knew They'll it. fix it in the Blu-ray. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you for chiming in, Luther. There you go. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, Ash would not... I imagine, like, you know, doing it that publicly would be something he would be aware of. He's a calculating it, yeah, man. Sense. I mean, he's a gang leader, you know, like, very savvy. Um, mm. Has managed to not die in the last six years, so, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done, he's done alright. Um, so, AG and his friends, like, they all return back to New York, and he decides to head out alone to go and head to Chinatown, 
and go find Chaucer. Um, back at Dino's mansion, uh, we get to meet, of course, Arthur again. And every time I see him, his hair just turns more and more into looking like Dio's from part three. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're not wrong. Every, you're, every time, you're entirely right. I mean, when he just literally appears later on, if you told me there was just like a little temporal discontinuity before then, I believe it. Like, I reckon Arthur might very well just actually be Dio. We see him fighting with knives, after all, in the OP. Just saying. It's not It's not impossible. So, because the villains in this show are also not idiots, refreshingly. And <laughs> they, no, really, like, that's actually something I've genuinely been impressed by. Like, mm-hmm. they're on the ball with trying to figure out what's happened to the drugs. Like, they're not fumbling around in the dark. They, Even though Ash has done everything he can to keep, you know, the message out there a secret that AG goes to Chinatown. The fact that he still did that with AG and met him was noticed and paid attention to, and they know Ash well enough to know that why would he meet some random Japanese kid out of nowhere? This is suspect. We should probably follow him. And, well, AG then decides, you know what? Uh, Whoa, Sting, did you say? The guy who played Fade Rother in um, the June film by David Lynch. And of course, the singer from the police. Man, I can totally so, see it now. <laughs> that, that's amazing because, firstly, it is more JoJo's than realized. It is. Realize, given it is for JoJo's. <laughs> it is literally based off a singer. Yes, and, man. Now I'm just think- now I'm just thinking of like his performance in June, and well, June's a weird fucking. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Luther. <laughs> thank you for that bit of trivia there. That's excellent. So, all right then. <clears throat> So, yes, Dino and Arthur and his other colleague are there talking about and saying, right, we're going to go follow AG. And AG decides, you know what? I'm going to go shopping. And this is what we said before about him deciding to be inconspicuous by being visible from space. I'm convinced he did not own those clothes beforehand. There's no fucking way. No, he was, he was Just, shopping. He was looking around. Yeah. And so not only... What I love about this is not only... From space. <laughs> Just yeah, imagine. Like Houston? Houston? <laughs> There's a new object that's appeared on uh, Earth's surface uh, in New York City. Over here are the coordinates. <laughs> I that's that okay. It's to just a... a Japanese man wandering through Chinatown. Over. <laughs> I mean, not only is he wearing like this incredibly, like you know, visually bright and colorful purple jacket and pants with glasses, he's wearing one of the arms like slung off his shoulder, and like. It's very like Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, a wrestler from the '90s and <laughs> and and '80s as well. He had these I, badass leather jackets, but always kind of fling them back and have the shoulders exposed. <laughs> I just like it's perfect. The thing is, like again, this is not a bad thing. This is perfectly in character. It continues to build on the idea that he's in a world he has next to no idea about, and he's completely, you know, sheltered. So I appreciate them doing this, and it did get a genuine chuckle out of me. That's great. Hello, street hoodlums! I'm looking for an (laughs) illicit location. Can you direct me to said hideout? I am one of you, as you can tell by my fat, you know, duds. Is that what you call these? Duds? Am I... Hello? Are you... You... Why are you bringing out the black bag? I didn't ask for the black bag. Can you please not put the black bag on my head? I am obviously one of you. This is entirely inconvenient. I cannot see the street before me. Continue am, with I the want... hip-hop and the breakdancing. But how will I know where we're going if you put the black bag over my head? 
<laughs> like, okay. So, yes, uh, he ends up going to a restaurant and ends up meeting someone named Chang, who is possibly the restaurant owner. Um, says, where's, you know, where is Shorter? And Chang says, oh, he's not here. Sorry about that. But unfortunately, Eiji, you know, having never played Metal Gear Solid in his life or having never, you know, heard the phrase loose lips sink ships and all that, uh, starts speaking out loud about, you know, the Doctor. And so he goes to visit the Doctor. And who would be waiting for him there but fucking Arthur? And, well, Banana Fish, you know, continuing its tradition thus far of ending on a cliffhanger of, you know, poor little Eiji in, you know, being grasped by Arthur and you think to yourself, oh boy, this is going to be a baptism by fire. Great. Marvellous. All I can think of when I hear that guy's name, by the way, is the meme, the Arthur meme. <laughs> the close <laughs> fist. Uh, but, uh, so Chang is interesting, because, like, I mean, it looks like he's very aware that the person sitting you know, at the back of the restaurant is following AG or at least mm-hmm. is a shady character up to no good. So he's not about to be like, Oh, I'll tell you where shorter is short. And you know, he probably doesn't trust AG necessarily either, but I think he's like, is very aware of what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. I, I get the impression that Chang is definitely, you know, certainly more informed than he was letting on. Like there's no way he would randomly come up to like, you know, AG out of nowhere and just like, you know, start talking to him like that. Like, it could have been anyone. So, yeah. But that's the episode. Um, a lot of stuff happened in it again. Like, yep. man. Uh, Banana Fish has not let up thus far. Like, we've, it's kept its pace. And I, I'm still not entirely sure if that's what it's detrimental or not, because I am, like, tr- I had completely forgotten who um, Max was until it was, until it was re- you know, we got signposts and reminded of that. Which I'm mm-hmm. grateful the manga, like the manga and the show, subsequently did, but I can't help but feel that perhaps, and I again am speaking to possibly my terrible attention span here, not necessarily the fault of the material, but I can't help but feel like you know there was so much happening, I'm going to potentially lose track of certain details I should keep an eye on. But I'm also not complaining, you know. There's plenty of going on, and there's all, everything's interesting to take in. So that's certainly good. Yes, yes. All right, I'll let you take a breather, and I'll lead off with our... Talking points. Talking points. So, Mm. uh, the first thing that uh, stuck out to me this episode was... um, And I mentioned a a particular shot sequence when you were giving the summary. So I'll touch on that. Um, It was the really oppressive, stifling feeling of just being smothered by the control of other people was Mm -hmm. ever present throughout this episode. I mean, it takes place in a prison, of course, a place where your freedom, you know, has been stripped from you, all your items, you know, your, your day, everything is monitored. Um, but there were a couple of parallel shots that I thought, um, really like drove this home during the flashback when Dino, is approaching Ash for what looks like one of the first times. And he grabs, you know, his, he grabs him by the chin to, to hold mm-hmm. him up, to, to look into his face. And then at the end, uh, Arthur does the same thing to Eiji. And he says, you know, hello, samurai boy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, and that was a nice parallel, like that, that these two are now like, they just, they can't escape. They're now like under the cloud 
of the mob of this uh dino's kind of criminal organization and Mm. you know you get that Mm. whole thing where uh ash you know was so like inspired by the pole vaulting you know that that brief moment of like spontaneous like freedom and they're probably going to be searching for that uh together as the series goes on you know you're gonna hate me for this you're really gonna fucking hate me for this i'm so sorry dog but let me evoke phantom from the our pass <laughs> no here's the thing right here's the thing you know exactly where i'm going with this but as i've always said that show bad as it was had promise the idea you know of two people being caught one of them coincidentally as it happens you know completely outside his own choice has been dragged into this trying to find freedom and becoming normal normal quote-unquote people again that's an appealing narrative that is a very appealing narrative so i can see where they're going with this about fish and that's already doing what that the show failed to do so i'm genuinely quite impressed with how it's been going so far um which will actually lead to some of my talking points in a second all right. Well then. Next point. Well then, go for well, it. <laughs> it was literally just a second. So, I was potentially going to bring this up last time, but I think it's worth me actually bringing it up now, which is the fair warning ahead of time. By the way, that I again am a cishet man, so I can't speak to this with entirely a full amount of authority. But I'm just going to offer my perspective on this, which is the expression of you know homosexuality in this in this show thus far as a means of expressing power and possession over. So, I would argue that if you watched this show and you had no prior knowledge whatsoever of Ash and Amy's eventual romance, which I had been made aware of, you would think the show was being pretty horrible in how it presented gay characters. Because all of the, you know, the gay men that we've met so far are criminals. Ash included. Now, I should stress, by the way, I don't agree with that perspective. I don't believe, you know, that, um, you know, homosexuality is wrong or anything. But what I'm interested in seeing as the show goes along is how Ash and Aji finally managed to, you know, break out of that criminal cycle and express themselves and their sexuality in a way that's not defined by, you know, possession of other people or as a will to power. Do you got, like, I mean, Marvin, for example, who we saw previously, like, you know, Dino stroking a cat, Arthur, etc. Like, it's interesting how, like, again, I mentioned, like, in the very first episode we did on this, that this was, I, it turns out to be true, it was set at the time of the ACE crisis. So the demonization of, you know, homosexual men was a thing back then. It still, of course, is in some areas in certain respects these days, but not to that extent where the government was getting in on it. So at the time of this, this happening, you know, expressing yourself as, you know, gay openly was not something you could do and be proud of. And the funny thing is, the people who are doing it or are proud of it are awful, wretched people that, you know, treat Ash in particular like a plaything. And that's, I, I'm hope, and this is the thing, like I've said in like Frank's, for example, that, you know, it did not handle, you know, setting up a bad, bad set of characters, the nine specific, and then breaking that later with a counter narrative, like, this is how they've been portrayed, but they learned, you know, or rather, people learn to be better. So, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm expecting to see that as this show goes on, that 
Ash and Asia, you know, they'll be able to actually, you know, lead that relatively normal life that I said before. Mm. Like, not for the problem which the show is wrong, because of course we've got the mystery drug story to solve during that time. But the show will slowly but surely get rid of the, all the horrible people that we've seen as far and their horrible attitudes and actually replace it with, you know, our two lead characters finally living a normal relationship. But they can just act like normal people for five minutes. So mm. I'm interested to see how that goes and how, you know, the, and the counter-narrative that the show will spin as it goes along, which is going to be, firstly, of course, very welcome, because I certainly don't like any of the people they've been treating Ash this way. As far as I'm concerned, if they all end up roadkill, I'll shed no tears. Um, but I think that it's interesting the show is signing off for this bend, but it's saying, actually, no. This is not the way things should be. I hope so. I mean, I hope that uh, the director will will sprinkle sprinkle in some of what you're talking about because I'm sure the material does cover that. I mean, there is a bit I uh, where I hope so. Ash, uh, yeah, I hope that as well. I mean, there is a bit where Ash and Aji speak very briefly at the uh, end of this episode uh, before you know he gets kissed. Where Ash again, like tone of voice, softens, says it's nice to see you again. Now, whether or not that again was part of the act that he was putting <clears> out publicly, <throat> it's a different matter. Um, but at the same time, like it's hints that things will go. For- I mean, this is also about you know the kiss. Like there was the pretense, of course, of passing on the pill. But clearly, you know, like there could have been, easily been some other ways that the pill could have made it over there without anyone noticing. Mm-hmm. So Palmy thinks that maybe it's an indulgence on Ash's part as well to finally, you know, express himself a little bit. And, you know, AG didn't, you know, shy away. Now maybe it will, you know, you can argue the argument that, you know, call for it, such such no consent. But circumstances, you know, explain that away. And part, part, of them, part of what was crazy about that scene was, you know, the cops that that knew Ash like were reacting so strongly. I, I don't think it was just because, oh, it here's someone kissing someone else, uh, or even here's a man kissing another man. I think it was like Ash Lynx is touching someone. Ash yes. Lynx just kissed someone. Like, cause he, I mean, we've seen how he reacts, uh, to people like, uh, you know, Garvey and even, uh, people he's friends with, uh, in the police for, Laying Stay hands on him. Yeah. Here's 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 where you stand, here's where I stand, and there is a certain amount of distance. Um good. Uh let's see read swing Luther's comment there. That's what the thing is I didn't expect it not to do that. I know that banana fish is well regarded and then any of that, you know, if there had been like the other version of the story where we didn't get to see that and you know, all of the queer characters were simply just criminals, the scumbags, then well, I'd take it to task and people would have taken it to task well before now. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly setting up. Here's how things are at the moment. But the thing about this status quo is it isn't right. It will be torn down eventually. We're just establishing at the moment in all the ways in which it is wrong because it is ultimately, you know, possession. I mean, would it be reasonable for me to say, as much as I don't want it to be true, that Ash was raped by Garvey? Oh, without question, I would say. I would. I would say so. Now, I mentioned in our Berserk cast, and I'm going to clarify this a little bit, but to me, rape is one of the most ultimate acts of possession. Um, slavery being the other. Not that they're mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, just so people don't misquote me or misunderstand the concept, it's in, absolutely awful. 
like rapists, as far as I'm concerned, throw them off cliffs, you know, shoot them into the sun, fuck a lot of them. You act, you, you act in that way where you treat someone like meat. You don't deserve, you know, a life. You don't deserve to be able to live. Put them in the cell. No sunlight. Fuck a lot of them. Just, just so I cleared that up. But, like, this is the reason why we've seen so many times that, you know, people like Ash is described as a doll. The cat that Dino has before, like, I mean, Ash himself is a cat, like, you know, described by cat-like terms, Aslan, Lynx, etc., etc. The comparisons are there. People are using um, gay sexuality in this. At the moment, and wrongly, the show's certainly not sympathizing with them as a means of possession, as a means of control, a means of exerting their will. This was the same thing in American History X with that particular scene, ironically, by Nazis. So... Yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. I mean, I don't doubt it'll go in the, in the way that, you know, I say, unravels and destroys this current state of affairs. But the show is very clearly saying it's cars on the table, right? Here's these bunch of people. They're awful. Well, they're not awful because they're gay. They're awful because they're just generally awful people expressing that way. And the other interesting thing that I should mention is that Ash himself is not being allowed to express his sexuality either. Right. Like, he can't, he can't do that currently. It's kind of a hypocrisy in this that okay, yeah, they're doing it, and they're doing it without consent to people, of course. It's, it's wretched and terrible. But Ash himself can't have a normal, you know, relationship with someone, a normal relationship. Like, can you imagine this, right? Can, like, Marvin, could you ever imagine him having a normal relationship? No. Like, Marvin coming home, like, you know, and then there's just studio laughter as he puts his hat on the book, on the nightstand. Mm, uh, no. Hello, Dave, I'm back. No, it ain't happening. No. Because he's a dick. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? It's an hypocrisy, Marion, that they, they wouldn't allow Ash to have a regular relationship with someone, be Asia or anyone else. So they get to act as they please. But he can't. And eventually, that'll, of course, be undone. So I just found it interesting, again, it's continued to set up this power play here through sexuality. And it'll be a good, it'll be a good day when we see Dino and his others, you know, just cold cocks. So, uh, you, again, you've provided a great segue to my... Next point. <laughs> to my next point, um, I will be very interested, I think, to see if, how do I phrase this? If there's some kind of kind of epiphany type moment for Ash when he maybe thinks to himself, boy, I have been, I've been treating... Asia to a little bit lesser of a degree, but into the same kind of way that Dino and his people treated me. Like, mm. and, and I say that only because like they're so early on in their relationship, and I don't doubt that there's a, attraction and even maybe a degree of affection there. But um, but right now it seems like he's cuddling up to Asia and sees Asia as like a way out. You know what I mean? Like mm. he's sort of employing him as a tool like okay here's this kid that uh dino won't be keeping tabs on necessarily you know he guesses wrong about that but uh i you know that's the thought process like i need i need this kid i need to rely on him to to get out of here or not to get out of here but to to make sure that meredith and uh, my brother are safe and so, i uh, wonder she's sorry to stop. So no you, go ahead, you mean go ahead. Ash is seeing uh, AG purely in terms of functionality. Here's what mm-hmm. you can do for me right now in terms of, you know, very pragmatic things, getting the message out there, for example. Yes, yeah. Uh, I 
I wonder if that will continue, you know what I mean? Or or if or their relationship will become genuine very quickly or, or deepen, you know, or what have you. Um, but it certainly does or it can easily appear from the outside of this hardened criminal using this poor naive kid, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who's clearly taken with him. Uh, and I think, you know, as they continue together, you know, will he have a moment of God, you know, I've just been using uh, you, but like now I actually care about you and I don't want to do to you, you know, what's been done to me. And, and, you know, again, in an emotional sort of way, not in a physical way, I don't think that it's going to go there, but, you know, you've just given me a thought. Now this is speculation on my part. And if this does actually happen as I describe it in the manga, then because I've not read it, uh, Please don't spoil it for me. Like I don't. I would rather be surprised. By but I am imagining that it. Like, let's say that you know, after Ash gets out, things do develop relatively normally for the pair of them as a couple. Obviously, something they won't broadcast. Be just for the sake of you know the context of you know the crime and the of course the drug shit going on. But imagine this, right? Like Ash has been possessed and used all his life. We know this now. Like we've seen the pornography. We've seen well. Frankly, not see it directly. Ugh, just no. But you get my point. So imagine, like, you know, if he starts, you know, cozying up to aging, and then he got forceful very quickly because that's all he's known. Like, he only entered, like, he he joined, like, Dino, not for his own will, when he was eleven. So his life, like, you you learn from that. You learn, unfortunately, you know that okay, I have been used, controlled. I've had no say in any of this. Why should I let? What, now that I'm in command, now that I'm in control, sh- why should I let, you know, why should I do any different? This is what everyone says. This is the law of the land. This is the way the world works. But he'll think that, and maybe he will physically, you know, have, like, AG by the shoulders or something like that and not give him a moment to move. But then he'll stop. He'll check himself. He'll correct himself. And he'll realize, no, the life I've lived, the way I've been treated, is not something I should inflict on anyone else. Like, to me, stories about humanity, and which is pretty much every story, really, that's worth, worth a damn, it's okay to make mistakes. Or rather, it's okay to be in the process of making a mistake or being about to make one and then stopping yourself. Like, people are not born virtuous flower children. They're not born with, you know, hard-set codes of morality in their head. They learn, usually by fucking up. I mean, I said this in Frank's, but unfortunately, Frank's never allowed his characters to really fuck up, so hey, there we go. Um... But that being said, like, you know, if something like that happened, I can see it. I can see it. And I, I hope, like, that at least Banana Fish does, you know, take on that message and bring it forward that, you know, okay, you come from a bad place. And, you know, a bit messed up. But it doesn't mean you can't learn to be better. It doesn't mean you can't, mm-hmm. you know, ignore the teachings of indirectly, as they were, that have come from the people, you know, who've done that to you and realize I should not inflict the same on others. You can still have a heart. So, whew, Jesus, the nuance in this man's game. Like, I'm glad to be talking about it in these terms, but it's, yeah. it's like it's also very raw. Which, like, I have to stress, oh, like, yes. I'm not, I'm probably not as well equipped, like, as other people to discuss this kind of subject matter, particularly because it is about homosexual relationship and homosexual power play in criminal organization. Um, so, I apologize if I'm coming across coarsely here, or you know, possibly not as refined as I should be about the subject matter. I'm only speaking about this out of fondness because so far I'm genuinely impressed with everything this show is doing. It has a clear structure and a clear game plan. 
And if it is, you know, demonizing characters for being homosexual, it's because they are awful people and not simply because they are homosexual, which is good. That's the way it should be. Yeah, we mentioned this before that, you know, be on the lookout for, for coding and subtextual elements. And we hope that you all will um, help us along and uh, point those out to us if we if we miss them. For um, sure, absolutely. But do you, all right, on to your second point. Next point. Right, um, second point for me. I'm going to talk about uh, Max for a second here. Like, okay. I, like, Max, like, you know, like, he's actually become more of a main character than I realized because... Mm-hmm. He's got his own burden now with how things have gone down there, and I'll be interested to see him come back. I mean, poof. It's. I don't know. I'm trying to think here. But, um. How about that the look Max gave him before <laughs> uh, before he flashed back, oh, you know? Just. Oh my God. Yeah, so when he said he looked at him like his brother, but like he just was staring at him, not talking, just like a straight yeah. like cold PCSC like person. i see you yeah. as as a thing not as a person yeah it's like damn man, man. that that Fuck. was that was uh that was a difficult scene to watch i must admit like he was seeing his brother there like because again like max you know he saw his friends his col his comrades get murdered like gunned down out of nowhere and sure Griffin had the mitigating circumstance in that he was completely hopped up on this unknown, you know, military super drug, Valkyr, basically, from Max Payne. Valkyr. No, really, it's like, honestly, Banana Fish is turning out to be practically the same thing. Um, but you could not, like, I would understand, although I wouldn't agree with him, if he also felt there was a certain amount of guilt to be laid at Griffin's, laid at Griffin's feet as well. So that's hence him lashing out there. Indeed, that whole scene between him and Ash, where they learn the truths about each other and who they really are, and they're just two men in a cell, like you know, who just like bought pent up anger on both parts. Like my brother's a vegetable now, basically. Like you know, there's nothing left. Of him. He's been destroyed by something I don't understand for no adequately good reason. I mean, like Salinger himself, did he not mention, for example, like that? about in, in the actual novel about just generally about the trauma of war coming back from it oh yes like the drug you know is a villain and all that but there's, it's not reasonable to say that griffin would have come back from that anyway without some sort of scars mental on otherwise um yeah i'm keeping an eye on max so i'm hoping that he comes back to do some more stuff because he clearly has a, a, a an arc of his own that he's going through here a conscience that needs to be you know unburdened He's come to proper terms with the events that he saw in the wreck, and also what it means for Ash. Like, he originally just wanted to protect Ash because he was asked to. Like, I'll do you a favor while I'm in it, I might as well. I'm curious how that will recontextualize their relationship. Um, and again, like, I was interested just also, like, how, like, he came across very soft mannerisms, and, and like, I don't think that, <laughs> you know, he offered the greatest protection, or at least the greatest deterrent. But there's certainly more to him than that, so We'll see how he plays a faction, but I'm definitely someone to keep an eye out for as the show progresses. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess now it's on me. Next point. You volleyed the tennis ball back to me. But so, yeah. So I, I too was going to talk about that, but um, so, but I'll, use, I'll use my backup uh, point and uh, address the repentance 
uh, part ah, when yes. you know Ash says that he's not going to that he just never has never repented before and he never will it seems um, this is interesting uh, I think that this is uh, gives us a lot of insight into kind of into his character you know he his life has been such that like he is not one for forgiveness or second chances that like you make your decisions and you live with the consequences and whatever they are you know life will roll on but there's no Mm -hmm. there's no space for um for allowing people second chances for their mistakes you know they're that's just a you're gonna get killed you're gonna get stabbed in the back you'll get betrayed um you'll get killed um and you know this makes me wonder if later on he will make some kind of awful mistake or or Aji will seem like do something that seems like where, where ash feels betrayed and that he that there will be some sort of forgiveness or repentance on Ash's part involved. Like if he'll have to do that for the first time mm. and boy, that will be, that will be traumatic. And I mean, not just, and and this all, you know, the gang stuff is one element of it, but like, you know, he's a person who's been treated like a doll, sexually mm-hmm. abused for the huge part of their life. I mean, I can see him not having the capacity for forgiveness and thinking that people in general aren't to be trusted. You know, people will, will use you and exploit you. And, you know, I mean, look what ha- is what happened to uh, his brother. Like, yeah, I mean, the world is just a, a cruel place, I think. And he's looking for he's looking for the opportunity to stick the knife in the world you know for fucking him over uh whether that's mm-hmm. marvin dino garvey uh whoever um and yeah i i do wonder if there will have to be some sort of repentance on his part or he will have to accept repentance from from Asia and what that will look like mm, i'm with you on that i mean <laughs> I admittedly, you know, skipped Sunday school a couple of times, by which I mean all of the times. So forgive me for asking this, Doc, but you are yourself a Christian, I believe. Is that correct? Um, Facebook status, it's complicated. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, just to refresh my memory. I'm, I'm a, I, I am... <sighs> Gosh. It's a lapsed Catholic bad catholic kind of yeah so ish it's complicated okay. anyway well please just continue. to refresh my memory Jesus himself repents on the cross or am I misremembering no he um no, he no so Christ did not because he would there was not need for him to repent because he did not sin um he forgave the people that were killing uh... him that's the that's the thing I was saying. I was trying to pull back a link, a tenuous link to you know more yes, more like of that <laughs> the Christ figure. Yeah, yeah. I was trying. I was like, you can't see it, folks, but like just over this direction here, like out of the way, I've got this like little cork board up with like pictures of the various characters. Red and, like, string, you know, uh, red string everywhere, pins, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, but well, 
Fair enough then. Um, so, <clears throat> how about third target point? Like, man, let's talk about AG. Okay. So, didn't really have a lot of presence in this episode, but he did certainly did come into his own in the end, because this is again his agency kicking in here. I mean, could you imagine him otherwise of having done this for, let's say, let's say Max. Let's just hypothesize it. Let's say Max, like, randomly just said to him, by the way, go drop this off somewhere. He probably wouldn't have done it. But I reckon, again, that Ash is, you know, because of his presence and his charisma has inspired him to do it. But I'm actually thinking, you know how I've said previously about how, like, the characters will meet somewhere in the middle in terms of, like, you know, how they change, like, age will hard and Ash will soften, like, you know, he'll lay his guard down a bit, age will bring his up, he'll become more worldwise. I wonder, like, how I've said before, like, about how Ash might overextend himself. What about AJ? Like, what could potentially happen to him as he gets involved in this criminal under? Like, I think, personally speaking, that there are certain things that he needs to learn about life in the world. I mean, the inconspicuous thing, quote-unquote, you know, like, where he stood out, like, you know, a Christmas tree in the middle of July. I mean, he, you know, he needs to become a little more world-wise and have a little more street smart and common sense. But at the same time, I would never, ever want, you know, him to go so far as to go join a criminal organization or become a criminal himself, even if it was just minor stuff. I mean, we've seen him hold Ash's gun, wink, nudge, etc., etc., um, before. Is he going to hold it again? If he does hold it again, is he going to have someone's life in his hand? Would he hmm. then take that what would that mean to him? Like, what would the context of that be? Like, would he have to shoot someone to save Ash's life? If he did, how would he deal with that? I mean, for all the talk of Ash, either AJ, I would argue, is one as well, in that he's made of porcelain, he's fragile. Hmm. Like, there's, like, this experience that he's going to go through as time goes on, dealing with this person who's entered his life, who he's very fascinated and probably, probably, I'd say, attracted to. Like, what is the price he's going to pay in terms of his innocence and his soul as this goes on? Will he still come out of the heart? And again, like, again, sorry to bring it up, but that show, like, you know, regular person living a normal life. Once he got out, so to speak, <clears throat> he then, you know, could never really go back, couldn't meet his parents again. So what will happen to him? Like, I think this is interesting because like, we've got essentially two different characters, like two characters where we worry about them going too far in one direction. Mm -hmm. And that, again, is good tension on the part of the show for making me think that. It makes me think to myself, okay, I can see I can see what's at stake here for the characters' souls and for their hearts and their well-being. I mean, we already have Ash who says, you know, that he's never repented, but he's very clearly broken. Like, he's functioning, I suppose. But he's not living a regular life. He's constantly on edge, constantly on guard. Like, People can't get close to him because he's afraid that they will, you know, want to touch him, you know, and use him in that kind of way. I mean, so it's funny they we... they said uh, in the chat, you know, I forget uh, who mentioned this, but said that uh, Ash was a sort of modeled in some ways on River Phoenix, and mm. it makes me think like Ash is definitely sort of self destructive and appears to be like on a hurtling on a trajectory to self destruction sounds about right. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, if he's someone who's so determined on choosing his own path, if he is going to flame out, he will flame out on his own terms. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. As, yeah. 
as a principal, if you have no other choice, like at least let you go, at least if you are go out, go out in a way that you decide, not because someone else says it. But yeah, um, AG though, like, you know, again, shades of his character's growth is small steps, incremental baby steps, pretty flawed execution. I mean, nice jacket and all, but you're not wearing that to go undercover, mate. Let's put it that way. You're wearing that for a night out on the tiles. He can't drink anyway, so I suppose he's just going to have to wear it to the ball or something like that. Or Broadway, perhaps. Maybe he'll go catch cats on it or something. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, oh me. Well, he's got, to, he's got to at least get some, uh, you know, he's got to at least get some time, you know, in on Broadway or some of the sites of New York while he's there. So, but yeah, very, very interesting. And this is definitely a surprising show. Like, I mean, good cliffhanger already, just in terms mm-hmm. of, of sheer, like, oh shit. All, like, I have a fan here, shit's gonna hit the fan perpetually from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, there's the long term of what it means for the characters and, you know, their humanity. Like, Lash gains some of his back, and how much of it ages will he lose in turn? Very interesting. Find out. All right. So, you're ready to rate the episode? Uh, Yes, I am. All right. I, myself, have given this episode four and a half stars. Nice. nice. Out of, uh, no, not stars. Oh, I fucked it up. Four and a half, um, uh, four and a half war journal uh, articles out of five. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, I am going to give this episode. Uh, I'm going to give it a bit lower than you, just because I'm still a bit squiffy on the oh, the animation choices at certain points and the tone it was setting with certain things following certain scenes. The actual material of this episode, though, was as good as always. Um, oh, hi, H- hello, Kay. Hello. Uh, not to worry, the vod will be up fairly shortly, so you mm-hmm. get to see me talk. You know, talk my usual brand of bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but to get back to my rating, uh, I'm actually going to give it three and a half uh, messages inside, you know, fake drug capsules out of five. Um, say material's Wow, the first, the first sub four rating. That's still a really good rating for me. Like, I, I'm always very harsh on stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I've, consistent, I've consistently rated stuff lower than because I'm this horrible curmudgeon who doesn't like anything. Um, but for me, like, the material was still great. I think that, you know, pacing again is quite fast, and I'm only speaking to myself there, so I'm not going to condemn the show, like, you know, for having a lot going on, like, Christ almighty, having watched some utterly glacial shit in my time. It's great to have a show that is unrelenting in having interesting things to watch constantly. Like, if you're a person who values the function of everything on screen should be important, this show is your wet dream. It's incredible for that. Uh, But at the same time, not so fond of the all animation thing, like you know the chibi related banana stuff that followed the rape scene, like that to be questions of taste and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brought it down a little bit for me, but other than that, still a great episode nonetheless. Like, I the material again is solid. Yeah, I like the. I wasn't um, as down on the that choice animation choices as you were. Um, and I think that we learn so much about the characters uh, and their situations and the sort of atmosphere of the whole episode. Um, I loved, I like, I love that we're 
as you say, I mean, things are just continually important information is being revealed. We're always getting stuff. If it's character mm-hmm. development, if it's sort of furthering of the mystery, the central mystery of the plot. like Yeah, the stuff with the drugs, yep, yeah, the, the info we learned there that we yeah. just realized is not what it seems like. We have not been, at any point so far, just spinning our wheels, which, no. oh boy, as you say, I've <laughs> watched a few shows in my time where like half the show's run is just like, what do we do this week? The beach! Nothing! Like, you know what I mean? So, not that just not me being down on beach episodes <laughs> there's some beach episodes that i love i know why you love them and i also love them for that reason <laughs> what because you're a fan of all the volleyball in them yes exactly like sport. sports i'm just a fan yeah, of pure sport that's right you are you are deep into fucking jet skis mate that's mm-hmm. what it is <laughs> yeah i like uh the way that starfish are often shown in anime depicted I'm, uh i'm just a big fan of making sure you know like I, I mean how many times have you seen an anime beach that's been dirty like they're all pristine so I'm, a, I'm always i'm always on the lookout for that well that's feeling. thanks to bando you know he's <laughs> always there always cleaning and beaches you, and, and you can and you you complain to me about bringing up the shows of your that are terrible <laughs> from our you know our podcast history i can't help it that was well, either can I, so you can't hold me to so you. You're right. No. On Listen, one one good turn deserves another. And Vorgalia, you will... <laughs> for bringing this into my life, Vorgalia, this this beach cleaning shenanigans, like you'll... I'll never forget that. As long as I'm... <laughs> uh, should, we get, should, we, should we give our viewers brief context on that for fun? Uh, well... Why don't we just direct them to our uh, yes. episode? The Elfin lead episode of What Are We Death Show yes. is on SoundCloud and uh, iTunes. And it's on YouTube as well, but it's not on this channel. It's on my personal YouTube channel at The Subtle Doctor if you want to stay on this platform. But if you listen to that and the audio quality is not... Um, as good as in later episodes of our show but you will then you will get the get the you'll be clued into the joke you'll Uh, get the full experience and i don't know if it's worth it to be honest with you uh suffering through uh but if you like to hear (laughs) us rant and rave about terrible shit then that's our (laughs) that's like the er podcast then yeah, you could you could enjoy the shout and prod of you know listening to us you know wail about you know something that we watched by choice by which I mean my choice it was my fault I was ignorant at the time and I am ignorant no longer oh no I didn't quite uh, damn it. <laughs> we need to practice that we need to practice that that'll be that'll, that'll be a great skit gotta work on that yeah we'll work on it we'll work on it okay uh, but, yeah uh, that is that for banana fridge fridge banana fridge. Banana fresh, fridge. Banana fresh, banana fresh. <laughs> Episode banana three. Boat. We're wrapping it up. We're gonna put a bow on it. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for uh, who who tuned in live and uh, indeed, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you all in the chat offering your thoughts. Always really nice to hear from manga readers and just kind of get get little tidbits. You know, little tidbits of either reassurance or like, oh, you'll 
you'll like how how this goes or oh they will address this point later uh it's cool i i like this aspect of of this show that we're covering and uh indeed and everyone who listens in Podland or on YouTube with the VOD, and thank you as well. We appreciate it. Um, drops a comment. Um, leave us uh, a, a thumbs up. You know, subscribe if you want to, and, and click the bell if you want to get all the alerts for when we're when we're on. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Shadon over there like selling his personal wares or something. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, that's just me saying I'm stalled. Okay. I mean, you can enjoy you can enjoy my ironing board with a strawberry on it. That was something that someone bought for me because I didn't have. It. I thought, you know, it'd be rude for me to refuse. It. It's just fucking ironing. Nice. I'll get I'll I'll get one that also like you know what I'll do I'll get like some really cheap nasty Dakimura pillow and use that as an ironing board mm-hmm. instead just for next time. I, like as this street of thought goes along, I'll gradually decorate my room with more and more animated stuff. Yes, I agree. This is something you should do. Well, um, I've got stuff in the background on the shelf up top if you can keep an eye out for it. But that's it for the moment. I'm uh, living the poor anime life. I don't really have that many figures or mod cons present. But some point soon I will. Uh, of course, if you'd rather, you know, catch us uh, just audio form, you know, if you don't want to stare at these beautiful mugs here, uh, or, <laughs> you know, you... You would have to say that on the day that I have, like, you know... Oh, come on. This, stop <laughs> it. Just stop it. Uh, you have long commutes where you need an audio thing. Uh, again, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, um, all other podcatchers. You know, we began this thing as a podcast, and there's a lot of content that's there, but not on YouTube. So mm-hmm. check that out. Um, leave us a rating on iTunes. Help our discoverability if you so choose. But however you experience us, uh, thank you for doing so. If you want to Indeed. talk to us, you can always tweet at What Are We Death Show uh, and vote in the. Um, in the Twitter, poll. the Twitter polls. Currently, we have two of them up. Mm-hmm. Was Eiji trying to be inconspicuous in Banana Fish Episode 3? Uh, yes or no? Uh, oh, currently, yes. Currently, way. yes is leading with 100%. Uh, what, what a surprise. <laughs> Truly, I would have never believed that, you know, that people would have voted that way. Impossible to predict. Never. <laughs> Our second poll, should AG continue to wear his new jacket with one shoulder down? The choices are yes and yes! Currently, <laughs> yes is winning. Um, and if you would like to get a hold of me on Twitter, I am at the subtle doctor. Please uh, ping me with all pingable items. <laughs> For me, uh, you can find me and my zits at shaden1010 on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> This is the thing, right? If I bring attention to it, no one can take the piss out of me for it. So there you go. Uh, I also have recently revived my Curious Cat. I brought, you know, Curious Cat, Nine Lives, etc., etc. That's now back, so I'm on AO. See? So, Curious Cat, the ME forward slash Shaden. Ten, feel free to ask me all sorts of crazy questions. Uh, not about the zip, though, please. I don't know where it came from. Anyway, but thank you all again very much for listening. As always, it's always a pleasure to have everyone here and to be interacting with people in chat. You're all awesome. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. And uh, until next time, for Shadon, it's me, the Subtle Doctor, saying, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe.
if your camera now just falls off because you accidentally bonk it with that aggressive go figure and you're just like, oh shit, fuck, fuck.